What's up, everybody? This is Sean Mangoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. My prayer is that you encounter God as a result of listening to this sermon today. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year, and we're starting a new series. Here we go, 2024, and the series is Are You Ready? All right, and so we're going to jump right into the word today. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, God, I pray that we receive something for the year, for this new year. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you give us something that is more than my ability to study. Uh, Lord, thank you for uh, that we do study and we do prepare to preach, but I pray, Holy Spirit, that you um, unpack your divine word in such a way that it's beyond me. It's, it's you, Holy Spirit, speaking to us and giving us revelation of the word today. And Lord, just give us some word for the year, just to help position us um, as we approach this new season. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said amen. All right, guys, are you ready? If you're with anybody today, ask them. Ask them, are you ready? Okay, and so we are gonna jump into this. We're in the middle, well, not the middle. We're actually starting our 14 days of prayer and fasting today after church. We're beginning our fast. We're gonna be fasting as a church community for 14 days, and we have all different ways for you to access the um, the content we have. Um, we have a... Um, fasting and prayer guide available to you. Um, we mentioned it in the announcements, but I'll mention it here even for those on the podcast because this series this month and what we're uh, speaking on specifically today, this uh, our, our prayer guide for um, our, fast, our prayer and fasting uh, resource guide will help you with this. And if you just simply text the word fast to our number, uh, text word fast to 323-405-3232 and you'll get a link to our resource guide on our website and that would just be helpful to you. We encourage you to join us in our fast as we're fasting um, and we have a lot of prayer opportunities both online and in person over the next two weeks. Plenty of opportunities to pray. Obviously people can pray on their own and we hope that that is happening but we've just provided some things for us to pray together. And, um, and so we're excited. Okay, so there you go. Also, um, scan the QR code or text sermon to our number, same number, um, uh, to get the sermon notes for today, okay? It's on the YouVersion Bible app, and we have that available to you. All right, let's do this. Let's jump to the word, the word today. And so um, in today, as we go through the, the some scriptures, and really this is just providing a framework for our fast as well, and just to encourage you to seek the Lord, okay? So today is really an encouragement to set aside time to seek the Lord. Obviously, we are doing that in actuality as a community, providing opportunities, and we're seeking the Lord together in a fast, but um, even if you're not fasting with this, or you're listening to this, or watching this, well beyond the time frame of this actually going live um, and, and being current as it is, that's fine too, because this is just a message to really encourage people to seek the Lord, okay? And so our time uh, of prayer and fasting is, is really, our whole focus this year 
is to be ready. And, and so the question for, the, for this series, the title of the series is, Are You Ready? Okay, so our whole heart here with this is being ready for all that God has for us, all right? And hearing the voice of God so that we can be led by the Holy Spirit, okay? So it's all about getting ready and being ready. Hence the question, are you ready? And so um, I'm just kind of giving you just some of my notes here, and then we're going to jump into some scriptures um, but there is, there just is something about choosing to seek God. Okay. Um, there, that, that we just choose, you know what? I'm going to seek the Lord. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to set time aside. I'm going to push my food aside. I'm going to set time and place for me to seek the Lord. And so seeking God in prayer seeking the Lord through fasting and prayer, prayer and fasting. It is not a performance so that we can be accepted by God, okay? I'm gonna say this again. Fasting and prayer or doing any good works is not performative. We're not performing so God loves us. We're not performing so that hopefully God accepts us. No, that is not what this is, okay? It's not performance, okay? Seeking the Lord is not performance. It is positioning, okay? Or it's not performance. It's more along the lines of preparation, okay? So, so when we seek the Lord in prayer and through fasting, um, you know, we are in faith and by faith positioning ourselves to receive from God, okay? And so this, that's my first point is is. All of this that we do, worship, pray, even the intentionality around um, connecting with other believers and being in community and fellowshipping with God's people and the communion of the saints, right? We are in faith and by faith, positioning ourselves to receive from God. So we position ourselves to receive from God. Okay, it's more of a getting in position to receive. The Bible says this, right? Um, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Okay, so it's just, a, it's just a way to get into position to receive from God. It's putting ourselves in a time and place and we are in faith believing to receive from God when we fast and pray. Okay, if you just look at this practically, like much of team sports is about getting in position. Right, so you can receive. Hence, in football, right, they got these this position on the offense, and they're called receivers, right? And so they're called receivers because the quarterback throws them the ball and they receive the ball. But they got to run some type of route, and if they run that route, the route that is called, if they're obedient, come on, somebody, if they're obedient to what the quarterback says, the coach, the the play that is drawn out and they run that route, they are in position to receive the ball, right? Come on. So, and also like if even, um, I'm a skateboarder, so skateboarding, a lot of it is about positioning your feet on the board because depending on the trick, the position I put my feet in determines a particular trick, okay? Does not guarantee I'm gonna land it, but, it does put me in position to actually per perform that trick and actually complete that trick. So it's about positioning, 
All right, so also, I'm just giving you some practical examples of position and how this we can just see this spiritually before the Lord as we seek the Lord in prayer and fasting in, in the mysterious world of romance, right? Of just getting to know somebody, meeting somebody. Um, you know, some of that is about being in position, like just positioning yourself, you know, and not, you know what I'm saying, hiding out in the house all day, every day, hoping somebody's gonna find you. Right, you know, and so I get it. There's a tension there of man. You don't want to, you don't want to put too much out there. But there is this art in romance. Come on, somebody, of uh, just putting yourself in a place and positioning yourself in such a way to maybe position yourself to have a conversation. Right? I'm not talking about you know um, going overboard here, but you get the idea that there's something about even this practical, natural world about getting in position. And so once again, once again, um, when it comes to seeking the Lord in prayer, through prayer and fasting and this kind of thing, it's not about performance. It's that we position ourselves to receive from God. All right, we're gonna look at the life of Josiah a little bit in Second Chronicles chapter 34. And I'm going to read verse 1 to verse 3. Second Chronicles 34, verse 1 to verse 3. Uh, Josiah was eight years old when he became king. He inherited the throne because his father died. And it reads, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. It's a significantly long time given even the kings before and after him. Um, it, 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 some reigned longer. His, I believe his grandfather reigned longer than that, but that's a significant time period. Um, and he made a huge difference in that time period. Verse two of Second Chronicles 34, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Now, verse three, here we go. Uh, we're talking about seeking the Lord. Um, but verse three, for in the eighth year of his reign, so this means the man was, young man, uh, was 16. Okay, it's um, in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father, David. All right, say this with me. Say, we must get in position, Okay. Say it again, say we must get in position. So think about that. I mean, it took eight years beyond that. And of course, um, ancient world, somebody inherits a throne at eight years old. There's like some kind of governance, some counsel obviously that helps a child to reign, right? But once he turned 16, he began to seek the Lord. Doesn't say he did anything. Doesn't say he accomplished anything. He didn't, doesn't speak of any of his initiatives. Doesn't speak of any of his acts or good works or whatever, but when he, be, as a young man, he's 16, it simply says he began to seek the God of his father David, okay? And then it says in his 12th year, okay? So now he's seeking God for four years, okay? And so his 12th year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded Im images. 
And here's the point here. You can go back and read 2 Chronicles, I suggest 33, 34, and 35. 34 and 35 are about Josiah. 33 is about his grandfather and his father and kind of the mistakes that they made. Um, they weren't all bad per se, but much of his, you know, the, the two men reigning kings prior to him, his biological grandfather and father did not do so well. Okay, but then you read 34 and 35, it's really about what Josiah did and what, what God did through him. Okay, and here's the main point that, Man, this young man, he took time. I mean, he's in, he's in this position of authority. Um, you know, in a sense, he's kind of doing what he is called to do. And he takes time to seek the Lord. He positions himself to seek God. And so if you just look at his context here, like, this young man, I mean, his grandfather, which was King Manasseh, he actually made woman, wooden images and he kind of created all of these idols and just propagated pagan idolatrous worship for the nation, okay? Um, and then his father, the Bible says in verbatim, it says, you know, that he worshiped the false gods that Manasseh created, okay? And so um, the Bible also speaks, speaks of Manasseh, his grandfather, that he did evil in the sight of the Lord. And it speaks of his father that he sacrificed to the carved images which his father Manasseh had made. So if you look at this man, this is definitely some generational sin going on here, okay? I mean, it's literally the sin of the grandfather was passed on to the father. And this, the, the grandson or the son of Amon, which was Josiah, I mean, he's a child. He inherits his position of authority and he inherits a kingdom that has been led for the past two generations in pagan worship, okay? And so Josiah, the, the, the one difference here, the one significant thing you see in Josiah's life the thing that seems to be the trigger for everything else after this point, the thing that seems to set it off in a godly manner, set just set things in motion, like in a sense, like in a sense, like the curse, the sin, the the the, the idolatry, the false worship, the the ungodliness, the evil, right? That's been passed down. It gets broken. And the one defining factor here is the Bible says, as we read in 2 Chronicles 34, verse 3, it says, in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father, David. He got in position, right? And so, when we seek the Lord, a lot of things are going to happen. A lot of things. But, but in context of this, and let me encourage you in your own personal life, in your walk with the Lord, is when we seek the Lord, God is changing the narrative. Okay? When, when we, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the difference. That's, that's the change. That's the, that's the unique difference. That's the, that is what we're called to do. If we want to change the, 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 
the, the generational garbage, the generational trauma, the generational sin, whatever you want to call it, the generational curses, the iniquity. If we want to change it, we must seek the Lord. And here is my next point. You're called to change the narrative. That's what Josiah did. He changed it. Changed it. What doesn't say anything about he was any more gifted, more talented. I mean, there's no compliment per se to Josiah in, in and of himself. The only thing we see that is uniquely different from him and his grandfather and his father is that he, as a young man, he sought the Lord. And after that, everything started to change. All right? So you're called to change the narrative. So our movement toward God and the things of God is all about getting in position. Okay? It's all about getting in position. All right? So prayer, Bible study, being in community with other believers is all a part of us posturing ourselves in God's presence and for God's purpose. Can I get an amen, somebody? So, so we don't want to um, do things like this. You know, we don't do these things so that God will love us. We, we do them because he loves us. I don't do these things to prove something to God. Um, we do these things because we've already encountered God's love. Can I get an amen, somebody? So, so people with a sense of purpose from God, they position themselves differently. And so what we're talking about now in seeking the Lord is, as I've already said, is that um, we position ourselves to receive and we, when we seek the Lord, what we're doing is we prepare for the future. Okay, that's what happened with Josiah. Okay, so he took four years. I mean, those four years, that's all it says, is he sought the Lord. And then four years later, He's 20 years old. He starts to do some things. All right? You know? Um, and so let's go back here quickly. Let's read verse 3 again. Okay, 2 Chronicles 34, verse 3. Let's read it again. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the, the God of his father David. And in the twelfth year, okay? He's 20 years old. The twelfth year of his reign, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images, the carved images, and the molten images. The very things that were there as a result of his grandfather and his father. He sought the Lord and he begins to destroy the idolatry and the sin that his very family brought forth. Come on, somebody. When we seek the Lord, what are we doing? We are preparing for the future that God has for us. Okay, let me, let me say this quickly here. But prepare, this word prepare in the Latin, or you know, just if you break down that word, it comes from two words and it means to make ready before. So, so the idea with preparation is that we, there's, we're, we're doing something now for tomorrow. So preparation by definition is an act of faith. We apply ourselves today because we believe God is going to do something tomorrow. All right? And so positioning and preparing um, are marks of spiritual maturity, okay? Positioning and preparing ourselves to seek the Lord are marks of spiritual maturity, and they are signs, or, or at least they are signs of somebody desiring to mature in the Lord, okay? When we seek the Lord and we prepare,
prepare ourselves. God begins to do his work of positioning us and others for his purpose. So Josiah goes around, he purges, as the scripture says, right? He purges Judah, Jerusalem, okay? The, God, the, 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 the land that's under his jurisdiction, okay? He begins to make some changes. He, he restores worship, right? It even goes on to say in, 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 in chapter 35 that he, he, he people go into the, in, verse 30, in chapter 34, People go into the temple. They start to purge the temple. They find the book of the law, right? And they're like, wow, here it is. And they find resources in the, in the temple. They start to clean it out. They get, he gets people in their position. He gets the people that are called to do the certain things, the gatekeepers and the priests and everything. And he restores the, 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 the feast of Passover. He restores the feast of unleavened bread. He he kind of, and Jewish feasts and their, you know, their world, this feasts were about communion with God and communion with one another. It was, a, it was, it was communal, it was community, but it was also worship. So he's just restoring, just, just kind of like God's using him to revive God's people and, and the people of God and, 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 and their community. I mean, he's just, God's just using them, right? In, in so many different ways. And, and so, uh, this is kind of what he does. And so all of these outward things, these changes that happened in his society started with him taking four years to, to seek the Lord. Okay, so let's go down in, in chapter 34. I don't have time to read all of that. I just kind of was paraphrasing there. Please go back. If you want to look at Josiah, man, read chapter 33, 34, and 35 of Second Chronicles, and you're going to see the context of where he comes from, what he did, okay? So powerful. But we're gonna read together here, 2 Chronicles 34, verse 29 to verse 32. Here we go. Then the king sent and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and Levites and all the people, great and small. And this was after he was given the, the, the book of the law. Right, and it says here, and he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. Okay, verse 31, then the king stood in his place. Say this when we say get in position. Stood in this place and, and made a covenant before the, before the Lord to follow the Lord, to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book, verse 32, and he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin take a stand, right? So we're talking about seeking the Lord now. Seeking the Lord's all about positioning ourselves. And, and you see this language here, it says he stood in his place. So, so when he prepared himself before the Lord, God got him in his position. Hallelujah. God got him in his position. And then he goes on in verse 32 and he says, and he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin take a stand, okay, for God. And so the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God and the God of their fathers. And so it goes on even in, in chapter 35, as I said, that um, people got in position. It's amazing. One man sought the Lord and began to act on what God had spoken to them. And 
It blessed those in his world. It blessed those. He, the, the, the temple was cleansed. The, the, the society was cleansed of idolatry and, 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 and pagan worship. And they found the book of the law and the restoring the feast. And the Bible even says that the, the, the restoration of the feast of Passover, which we know typifies the cross and, and the blood of Jesus shedding, uh, being shed for our sins. And you know, just the, so much there, but it says that nothing has happened like this since the days of Samuel. And Samuel was around 400 years before Josiah, 400 years that the, the people of God did not see this type of restoration and renewal in the in things of God since Samuel. I am telling you, it is time to seek the Lord. It, it is time to get in position before God and pray and fast. It is time to, to be a God seeker, to seek the Lord while he may be found, to to prepare for the future that God has for us. And I'm just gonna give you three things. And this is really our prayer focus for the year, guys. This is our prayer focus. This is on the, our, um, if you, when, when you text the word fast to our number, you're gonna get our um, prayer and fasting resource guide. And this is, this is literally the main points of what we feel as a community God is speaking to us and how we prepare and position ourselves spiritually before the Lord this year. And also here, right here in our our church, our local in-person facility, we have these on our wall. Um, and this is our prayer focus for 2024. And I just wanna give these things to you and kind of the the, 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 the heart behind all of this. And I, I, I might jump back into Josiah next week as well, because there's just so much there. And we might wanna just kind of look at his life a little more, we'll see. But let me just give you these three things and kind of our heart behind seeking the Lord and what we feel like God is speaking to us about is this. And here's the, here it is. The first one here is readiness. So our prayer is that we're ready anytime, any place. All right, that our lives are focused and intentional in God's purpose. This word readiness, it, it really means waiting, willing, and ready. Like readiness, you know, readiness. Like I'm not just, nah, we'll see what happens. No, I just, I don't know. I'll just go to church or I'll just read my Bible. But no, there's just this anticipation kind of, you know, like kind of like leaning in the direction of what God wants. God, I'm ready. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Like, you know, readiness. Say it with me, say readiness. And so here we go. I'm gonna read a verse here, Acts 17. Acts 17, verse 11. Um, Acts 17, verse 11. This is when Paul fled to Berea. Um, and so here we go. Um, this is when he was in Thessalonica and had to flee. And he begins to preach and teach in Berea. And it says of the Bereans, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness. Okay, they were anticipating, they were leaning in. It says, they received the worth already and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. And the Bible goes on to even talk about how many people, that people came to believe in Jesus. There was this readiness about these people. And we want to be a people that 
are anticipating that we are leaning into the things of God. We are, we are in readiness for not only this year and our life, but also ready for his return. Am I saying Jesus is coming tomorrow? No. Am I saying Jesus is coming next year, five years? No. But I am saying we ought to get ready. All right, there's a song, right? An old song, people get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be going home. Okay, we don't know the day or the hour, but I'll tell you what's in our control, what's, what, what God is calling us to do is to be ready. Be ready for his return. Say that when we say readiness. This is our focus this year, that we're gonna be a people that are ready. We wanna be in readiness. We wanna be waiting, willing, and ready. All right, here's the next one. This is our prayer focus for the year, availability. Our prayer is that we maximize the moments we're in. We will always be given moments to share the gospel. We wanna be ready and available. We wanna be ready, okay, available, okay? Uh, we, Lord, we, you know, we don't, want, we don't want our life, our days, our schedule so packed and full that we're not available for God. Come on, somebody. We, we want to be ready. We want to we want to we want to receive the word with all readiness, and we want to be available. We want to be available. I'm telling you, if you have a trouble with being available, sometimes I think it's simply simplifying our schedule. Simplify the calendar. Don't complicate it. Don't over commit to a million things out there. Sometimes the greatest thing you could do for your spiritual life is to take some stuff off the calendar that doesn't need to be there. Bring your calendar before God and say, God, help me do this. Lord, here it is. I wanna be available. All right, here's the last one. Here's the last one. Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. This is our prayer focus, that we are in readiness before God, that we are available for God, and that we develop a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Our prayer is that we clearly hear the voice of God and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, that we're obedient to his leading. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, that's my prayer. I pray that those joining in today, whether they're watching or listening, that they are in readiness, that they are available, God, and that they are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that this year that we will lean in to seek you more, that we understand that we must position ourselves and prepare ourselves for what you're gonna do in our future. So thank you, Lord, for the grace and the invitation to seek your face like never before. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and my prayer is that you go out there and you change your world through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and follow us on social media and check out our website at hopelandla.com. Peace.